Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimar of Nissen. It's always an honor and a schuss to be able to do this program. We really, really look forward to it. So let us go ahead and share with everyone the number to call up and ask your question, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And the text number of Nissen is what, 347 927 347-927-8398 347-927-8398 Excellent And so let's go ahead and just share with everyone a text message that we received and a text message that I received but let's go ahead and deal with the first one and it's a bit interesting because I've really not heard of those issues theory I could hear of that but in reality very rarely have I I've seen that if a therapist is able to forewarn or, de- or do that. But let's, let's read the question. You'll see where it's a little complicated. Good evening, Rabbi Weimer and Rabbi Nissen. Thank you for your amazing program. I'm in therapy with a therapist that is a lot more open-minded than myself. She's excellent. I look forward for my sessions every week. I found myself idealizing her until recently when I realized she was breaching a halacha and sneers. This has caused me to have a negative thought about her. Do I talk to her about it, or do I just respect her for whatever she does? After all, she respects me very much and will never judge me for anything I say or do. I actually would like to um, clarify again. When I read the message the first time, I understood it differently, but now that I read it, this actually can happen pretty often. So this is a very normal, common issue. So I take that back. So the question is as follows. This person's going to a therapist. They respect them. The, per- the therapist is more open-minded. It means they have an understanding and a tolerance for things that this client doesn't have. And now what happened was this client realizes that their therapist is breaking uh, halacha level etzniyas. Now, first, since this is a text, we're not sure if this is a halacha level etzniyas or if this is their culture level etzniyas. Meaning, let's assume that the therapist has got the skirts below the knee, but it's not as below the knee as they would like. So I just want to be aware that there's a difference between when we have a hashkafa level and versus someone breaking a halacha. But that still has nothing to do with this issue. And let's clarify and understand first how normal you are and to also recognize why, why me and Reb Nissen always, always preface something. And you know what we preface? What we're sharing is we are not Rabbanim. We purposely try not to discuss Hashkafa because we don't want people, at least I don't want, Reb Nissen could speak for himself, but we don't want people looking at us like you look up to a Hashava Rav or Manig. We're there. It's years of working on Yemidos working on halacha, working on every part of yourself, and now you are someone that people should want to be in every area of your life. So when we have a gadol Yisrael, we expect, and that's what's expected of them by taking that role, that they're not, I don't know if they're a mushlam, but they're close to it in every level, including halacha. And when they make a mistake, Unfortunately, it can almost be a chil Hashem, and uh, it has so much greater repercussions. Now, what happens when someone's a therapist, 
They are in a position of leadership. That is a reality. Well, we're a therapist. People are coming in when they're in pain or where they have a certain block. And we hopefully have the skill and the knowledge, and of course we need the siyata deshmaya to help the person. What automatically happens is that you will respect and you will idolize that person that is in that leadership position. Now, it's important for that person in that leadership position to be honest and fear what is it within their skills, where they do take, uh, let's say, experience, what is in their experience, and what's not in their experience. So if you go to a therapist, it should be clear that you are not going to the therapist for hashkafa. You're not going to them for their halacha. For their level, you're going because there is an issue, an area where you have a block. And that is very important why therapists need to make that clear continuously, that we are not in that position. Rabnison, do you agree? Uh, 100% I want to add about it that, uh, you know, you're going to a professional, uh, any profession, you're not looking what is really, could could be that is not in Jewish, Jewish at all, you know. When you go to yeah. our doctor, you don't check it's a, it's in its tzitziot, if it's, it's, a, it's a Hasidish or Litvish or whatever. You go to a doctor, could be the Tigoy, is non-Jewish, could be a, a, a male, female, but you, you're going to for help. And this is something that, you know, I know that with the therapist, it's a little bit complicated because you're just like getting a new soul inside. So you're just trying to identify it with the person that's front or idealize it, you know. But uh, it's definitely you have to, to separate it from uh, the helping or the need. You, when you ch check a contractor, you don't check what uh, what is uh, Ashkafa on, on, on his uh, religious. As you're checking his uh, credibility, if, if he's, he's a good builder, he knows what he's doing. And that's what the, the whole idea is. Just accept what, what you get from this person and take as much as we can from this person. Exactly. Now, let's take it a step further. Since in the therapy field, I've had that many times with clients, let's now understand this and take it to a psychological issue. There are people that have all or nothing thinking, meaning their skill that they need to learn, that knowledge, is called walking the middle path, gray area. That means we can see someone has strengths, someone has weaknesses, and we can love the whole them. People that do not have it, people that were raised in homes where people were told, you made one mistake, you're a failure. You got a 95 on the test, you didn't get 100, who needs you? I know that Baruch Hashem has changed tremendous in this generation, but it is still sad how many people are still suffering in such an environment. There are. And therefore, we need to discuss this over and over. And the method of therapy is teaching them this balance. Yes, the person can be good in this area. And yes, the person can have a weakness in this area. Yes, you can respect them for their strengths. And you can also respect them and saying they have a weakness and realizing that if they're alive on this world, they will have a weakness. So if you would bring this up with your therapist, if the therapist is able to deal with it on a not a personal level, they would be able to tell you, I'm so glad you brought it up. 
you see that I am, let's say, not dressing the level of tzniyas that you were raised in, and therefore you have an issue with respecting me. Can we now teach you the middle ground that please do not respect me for the level of Yiddishkeit that I have? That you should maybe have someone higher. However, what you will respect me is for my knowledge in psychology and the experience that I can help you get out of your difficulty with Siata Deshmaya. Now, I know it sounds easy for you, Reb Nissen, to hear it, and for many of our listeners. I want you to know that when people are raised in a black and white thinking, this is very confusing. They go, but how can I respect them? But they made this mistake. They're not on the level of Tzniyas. I can't accept anything from them. And you go, why can't you get some things? Why is it anything? For So one of the skills and how we start teaching the middle path is, can you imagine the winter time where you must have a winter coat and several layers to keep yourself warm? And they go, yeah, okay. But now summertime where it's 90 degrees or 93 degrees and with the humidity it's even higher, would you understand that you won't go with a winter coat? And they'll go, yes. Yeah. So winter you go with a winter coat, summer you don't. But people, they have to be the same. And they don't get it by people because that's where their blockage was, being raised. Or that's what they weren't taught a skill. And this is something that can be many sessions. And I wonder if you, the person that sent the message, if your issue is not just with this therapist, what about if you have this issue in Yiddishkeit or with a religious leader, with a Rav, which is, I respect this Rav or I respect this Revitan, but how could they do something that I disagree with? And understand, the therapy, the skill that we work with you is, A, you don't know the whole story. B, who said your opinion is right? Just because what we do is we assume I respect this Rav or this Rabbitson because they have the same hashkafa like me. Notice why I said that. Not because I will learn their hashkafa. No, they think like me, so therefore I like them. The minute they don't think like me, or I think they don't think like me, we got to remove them. we got to drop them. They can't be my Rav or my Rebetzin. And they're not able to work it out. This is an issue that happens a lot in today's generation, especially when we work with people and Hashkafa comes up. We have this black and white thinking. Rav Nissen, do you find that a lot? Yeah, no, that's really, you know, first of all, I would say that many of us like to categorize people, you know, yeah. on, 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 on a, in a blank, you know, just decided, oh, he is like this, or she is like this, and put him in, in a kind of uh, class that, uh, or, or trying even to identify themselves, you know, especially with, especially that uh, we we are, you know, we're trying to get to get to together and uh, to become like, you know, be one of them, one of them, one of the same uh, person that you know that idealist you know and this is something that really uh bother me myself because I, I i know that it's uh, tough to i i don't like to be uh one of uh, the followers you know especially by the chiloni by the non-jewish people you have like for example groupies you know people that running after singers and become like dress the same wear the same put the same hairstyle and going all over the you know the nine yard of being a different personality from the, from themselves, you know, basically imitate the other side, and this is very always bother me at, at all because you don't find yourself your personality, and unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, we see it with. I think that you know, you you would tell me in your, in your profession 
that people try to, to imitate the therapist or try to be like them. And this is wrong because you don't go, you don't going to be uh, your, your personality. You just become to be imitate another person. And that's why it's so important for you to actually bring it up with the therapist. And if the therapist is professional, they will discuss it with you and they won't take it personal. If the, per if the person is a beginner or might have other stuff going on, then there's a slight chance that they might take it personal. So therefore, my recommendation would be is ask them, tell them, you know, can I bring something up that might, that is disturbing me a little, but it's about you. Are you ready to hear it? So this gives a little hakadama where the therapist can say yes or no, however it is. Okay. All right. I'd like to share with everyone the number to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. So I got a message where someone asked me last week and just sent again. We'll discuss it in short. So it's like this. Reminder, please discuss when the fire nature marries water. Thank you. So, mm -hmm. so the little complication I have with this question is, I wrote an entire book on it and an entire chapter. And in every single case that we're talking about, we're talking about marriage and how each couple it is. So I would really say in, in depth to really buy the book of Mastering Relationships. And this way you can discuss it, find different points, see where it affects you, see where it's like you, see where it's different. But let's give, again, the basic hakadamas of the book. And it goes as follows. Number one, nature, we marry generally the opposite. So it makes sense for fire and water to marry. It makes sense for earth and wind to marry. But it also makes sense for us to have a lot of middle ground, it means a lot of commonalities. So where we do get along, that's how the marriage does stick together. But there's also differences. So they both are there. Step one. Step two is that just because they're different, you need to realize that for us to be a successful person, we need to master each of those elements, each and every point. So if you're water and your weakest point is fire, the goal is to learn to marry uh, how to interact with fire. And you will notice how much better your life is once start utilizing the fire energy, the fire nature. And it's a bracha that Hashem has given you that you are able to connect and be married to a fire so you can now learn how to do it. And the same is for the fire, your spouse. For him or her to be married to the water nature, to see how peaceful life is, how smooth life is, how it's not confrontational, but how it's the path of least resistance. There's a power to that. Tremendous power. And that goal, that is what happens with a couple. So if you are still saying, I'm water, my spouse, or let's say my wife is fire, and she doesn't realize how she's hurting or doing things different or weird, then automatically we're going to recognize and think about how we're better than them. Or the fire will be the other way. Or if water will always be giving in, and we've got to do it completely different. We've got to start learning to be stronger. Actually, the person sending a message, they have read it a few times. 
Wonderful. Now, then can you please share a more detailed question that you have? Because the book is all about how the two get along, and about how you grow and how you find your strength. All right, the number I'd like to share with everyone again to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And the number to send your text is 347-927-8398. For those that would like to send me personally or questions that are to be addressed in Section 6, then I do a daily question and answer. That number is 212-920-5719, 212 920 one nine again. We'd like to get live callers here on JRU program. I really wonder the weather is effective the outside. I don't know by by you over there, but the weather here is really stormy. And oh no, by us it's just humid. In Lakewood, it is extremely hot. Yeah, no, very it, humid. It was clear. Like, uh, from six thirty, seven o'clock. It's starting like really pouring and thunderstorms and all this uh, the nine yard. <laughs> So, wow. wow, it's really. Uh, <laughs> Ramodechai, we are we are basically uh, starting uh, next next uh, week. We start some some yeshivot already starting the year. Yes. And I, I want to talk about you know as I spoke about it a few times. We spoke it about, but, but a good reminder to the to the teachers, to the parents, to how to start the year, how to start you know prepare the kids, and to get something. Uh, from from the new year and especially uh, this is called to the teacher to the mechanchim, not to judge uh, our no. So let's let's talk if you can talk about it, elaborate about it. Sure. So what would you like to discuss? Uh, the just the preparation. I would say the starting from the, the uh, preparation of the kid, the parents, how they prepare the kids and themselves. Uh, especially it's a new parents. And second is to prepare the kid the, the, the to the teachers. The mechanchim, the rabbis, the mod about you know how to accept the the new challenge. Okay. Um, so I guess I would share with everyone remiss on what we plan on doing. It's usual, and it's Hashem, I'm coming in tomorrow to the Jerut Studio, and I plan on doing as we've done in the past about we've done two clips. So Hashem, I plan on doing five different clips under three minutes of a psychological insight, and the insight is how we can better our lives. So one of the clips that I plan on discussing is Dr. Rosenthal, Dr. Norman Rosenthal. And what he has done is a very unique study. It was done in the late, I think it was the early 1960s, where he was in Harvard. And what he did was, I think we might have discussed this in the past, but what he did was he told teachers that they've done a certain test for the school and for the students in the school. And what happened is 20%, they randomly picked children, random 20%, and told the teachers, these 20%, sorry, his name is not normal, Robert, actor Robert Rosenthal, and said, these children have a better IQ. And what has happened is that these children throughout the year, and one other condition is you cannot tell the children about this. And the effects were unbelievable. The children that they, that the teachers thought were more successful, were smarter, have a better IQ, were 
I think almost 80% more successful, had at the end of the year a higher IQ than the other 80% of the children. And what has been discovered from this test, and it's been done over and over in many different situations, is that when a person believes in another, they will have a tremendous impact on those students. Now, I have done a little bit more research, and it's interesting the way there's some more to the study, which is that it works best for younger children in first, let's say, first and second grade, but in fourth grade, it was already different. Because in fourth grade, once the child does not believe that they have it, that they can do it, then they will be stuck. And for us to be aware, this concept that a parent believing in a student, or more than that, a spouse believing in their spouse, a husband saying, wow, my wife can pull through. She's great, even though there's a little bit of bumps of difficulty. My husband will pull through. That belief raises the person's skills, whether we realize it or not. This is especially done in a work environment where they would tell a certain employer, this employee, they could make it. They've really got more potential then what happens is the person is more successful. So in the clip, we're going to be discussing some of the points. What makes it? Why is it that when a teacher believed in their students, it had an effect? One of them was they had more patience for them. Number two, they spent more time explaining to them the concepts. Number three, when the student made a mistake, they spend time explaining the student why they made a mistake. It's not even that they did the correct. It's when you made a mistake, you're teaching them how to correct it. And they also called on them more often. Can we realize the importance that we're starting now with man, yeshivas are starting, those starting for and right after? The power of an effect of a teacher without ever telling the student, I know you're successful. I saw the test and you're better. That's not what was done. Simply the teacher knowing the information without the student knowing it had a tremendous effect. Rabnison, what do you say to this, Dr. Robert Rosenthal's study? So this is, I guess, he must be on the other line taking uh, Rabbi, a call. One second, I have some phone call. Just hold on. Sure. Uh, but so let's understand this for each of us. There are many times that I walk around and a thought within myself: Can I make it? I probably won't make it, and I need to hear that encouragement. Yes, I can. Yes, I can pull through. And knowing that someone believes in you helps out, makes it feel like it's possible. Let's say I want to translate the books to Yiddish. The concept, the awareness that people are asking for it all the time is building that momentum. Yes, it should happen. It's just now an issue of finances, but not anything else. Simple finances. But other than that, there's a request. There's a demand. It will affect people for the positive, Merit Hashem. What a schuss and what an honor. That is something that means a lot to me. So when people have a belief in something, it works all over. 
and it works vice versa. As a therapist, every case box or every client that we've got, we believe in them. And I know that my belief and the therapist's belief is part of what also helps the client succeed because we believe they'll pull through. We believe, of course, they can do it. It might take time just because they see it, that they've fallen and they want to give up. But when they feel the confidence in the therapist, this is normal. This is part of the process. You're growing. That will have a very powerful effect. So I wonder if us therapists, if we can start recognizing that, us parents, if we can recognize just because your kid had a hard time or it wasn't doing well, believe, do you believe that they can do better? Are you? And that's so important. Yeah, I, I, so first of all, I, I was I was uh, with a phone call and uh, quite a phone, long, long phone calls uh, that I, I really believed in that, which really what we are ready and, you know, to other person, this what, you know, the Chacham is saying, you know, when we are basically uh, reflect the good, reflect the confidence of the other side, the other side will be uh, 100%. And I know that's what I wanted to talk in the beginning, that teachers, especially the teachers, don't come with, uh, you know, old idea about person or you don't you dislike the parents or you don't like you know something you heard about it the kids is not to blame about it go with open mind the kids is all our children are smart all our children are good and positive and become like this and you will be excellent more excellent rabbi if you got with this you know this of idea and the minute you tag a person negative it's you basically scare him for life. You know, you make a, a scare on his and his soul to all his life. And this is something that's amazing. What you said about the research, you know, you talk about that. Imagine yourself. You decided this this boy, this girl is low IQ in the first yeah. second grade. You know, they they, they finish. I'm telling you, they are finish. And if they don't have a good parents, a good parent that lift them up and taking them out from this swamp of uh, a misunderstanding you know it, it's 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 the miserable they they create a miserable person this yeah. is the point this is the point that i i i i raised this question here on this on this awareness about it that we can destroy life on because of this i want to tell you a story that i heard last week from rabbi moshe ben lulu that he heard it from Rabbi Batsu. Uh, yeah. Now uh -huh. Batsu was a mashgiach in Porat Yosef. And he had a, a, a one yeshiva boy that very, very anti, I would say, Ashkafa. The Ashkafa was very, very against, you know, Yiddishkeit. And he tried all, he tried to convince him, talk with him, conversation, talking with him. He, he reached a point that he went to the Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Tzadka, Zechar Zatzik, Vakavacha. And he told him, I cannot take this boy. I'm going, I want to throw him away. The rabbi said, I tell him, you, know, you have to try again. It's not enough. You try again. And try again. He reached the point, he said, I'm leaving the yeshiva if this boy not, uh, uh, not uh, leaving the yeshiva. So what happened? The rabbi said, did you did everything for this boy? 
I said, yes, I spoke with him. I took him to Conito, all this kind of conversation, all this stuff. Nothing helped. So the rabbi Tzadka asked him, did you fast for him 40 days? Yeah. And he's, he didn't say if he fast, but he said that the story is like this. It was at the end of the year. And, you know, usually in Israel, you have like tests with all the, the spits, all the guys that are brilliant going to the platform and just people asking them to question about, you know, Gemara, Lachot, all this randomly question. Yeah. And suddenly he saw the boy going up to the platform. He couldn't believe. Wow. He couldn't believe. So he gave him a very light question, you know, like, like a Mishnayot. What is the, the guy answer? He starts raising their bar. It was brilliant. Yeah. And this is something that we have to, to understand. All our children are good. All of everybody. Tag them in the eye class. Tag them in the bright zone. Because they can do everything. If I can, yes, you can. This is something that's always my motive, you know, to my children, to everybody. To all, every, every, everyone around us. It's not just in stupid people. If they don't know yeah. how to express themselves. Yes. So let's understand um, this concept that you're sharing, that we've got to believe. We have the power to believe. And the power of our beliefs will have effect. Humans, people, we are emotional. We have an emotional antenna. We pick it all up. Yes. But I'm going to say something that we know we go over and over and that is, I don't know where the finances should come from, but we got to pay the teachers. They've got such an important role. But when they're starving, means there's so much uh, today in expenses, and we pay them barely $400 a week, a teacher. And they're putting in hours, and they got to mark tests. And today's days, we're more educated. So now the teachers have to call each parent like once a month. When do we expect them to do it for their meager pay? And we need to recognize our children is that important to us. We've got to invest in them. We've got to invest in our teachers if we want them to have it. You touch a very, very painful point. I would say that I I 100% behind this. And I would say that this is the obligation of the Institute to take care. And I, want, I would say like this, that I, I see it, unfortunately, I see it many, many rabbis that suddenly become, you know, they become older. They passing the, the the age of fifty and sixty, and unfortunately, really, I see it in my eyes. And suddenly, they found themselves without nothing. Yes. With all the respect, the institute has to mine. take. The Rabbi, listen, I have a friend of mine that his father-in-law was a rebbe for over thirty years, and now with the younger rebbeim and more energized, and it makes sense. He's thirty years a rebbe. He wasn't that energized and wasn't that into it. And what the school did is they had to do, they let him go. But what do you expect now a person that's 55 years old, a Rebbe all these years, what's he supposed to do now? Now is the age where he's got children to marry off. Or he's married off children. He's a chayvis. How is he covering that? I know, we need I, to realize. I know, I know. and teachers, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm not... Yeah at least at least three Rabbanim that was excellent, one of the top Rabbanim, and gave the art and soul to be, you know, and suddenly they reach a point 
that yes, the young, the youngsters are cheaper. The youngsters are a little bit more enthusiastic, and I'm not sure about it. But they are for the institute. They are, uh, you know, they don't have any obligation, and suddenly they're giving the the kick, and this person don't have money to pay his mortgage. I'm I'm telling you, I'm dealing with now with a certain rabbi that is this issue issue very painful very painful we're expecting that akarata tov from the institute akarata tov from all of us from the community that maybe now the yeshiva will make themselves kind of a program for the retiree yeshiva rabbis from the retiree of the uh, mora that coming to a point that come on do try to do something i would say that I'm not unionized, but I'm telling you, if you if you look uh, look at the public school, the, the other system, they have kind of programs. I know that the shivot are struggling, and they have all this problem their finance, but try to do to, to do something, you know. I, I'm I'm also no gear, but but the because I have my son-in-law is a rabbi. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, I, I I know this is a, is a very very you know very painful. Uh, a very painful issue. Like to bring a bread to the table to 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 pay the the the, the rent, pay the electricity, and all, it's not simple. That's right. Um, okay, so we have uh, we have a uh, uh, Mr. Y, okay, mm -hmm. online. Excellent, Mr. Y. Welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, thank you very much for your program. I really enjoy it. You're very very welcome. Um, first, I have two questions for you. One about me and one about my sister. Okay, let's hope we can see how to try for both. Okay, so first of all, my sister, my mother is very, she neglects her whole for safety. That means Say that that she again. doesn't... I just heard something about safety. I didn't hear clearly what. Say that again. My mother neglects the health for safety from my sister. I didn't hear that again. Your mother neglects something safety of your sister. What health? Health and safety. Health and safety. I don't. Yes. Could you um, give some more detail? These are yes. when you use those words to a professional. Those are very concerning and very alarming. No, no. Just that she doesn't eat. Uh, let's say, for example, normal food. She would only eat mash or pizza. She never eats normal food. So we don't call that. So please be aware again for everyone listening. This is going to be another one of the clips. Perception. You use the word neglects the health and safety to us, to a therapist. You use those words when one therapist uses it to another. That is severe. That means they're leaving them out in the street where they could have car accidents. That means that there is no food in the house at all. So when you're using the word health and safety and what you're saying, you're saying they're not giving them as a nutritious uh, meal as you would like. That's not neglect. Okay. That's not neglect. It's that you can live off pizza. You might be very heavy. Okay. And let's say, for example, she also doesn't. She goes to sleep very late. She's only little. She's only a little kid. Okay. And she almost. And a lot of times she doesn't go to school. And she's very Great. blind in her learning. Yes. Now these are already issues to be concerned about. These are issues where the school's got to get involved. Yes. Now, what is your question about about that? So I'm concerned about that, and I think our mother needs to go to help for it. Wonderful. So, now you are, forgive me now for what I'm going to do now. 
So many times people have great hearts and they want others to get involved. So let me shift it to you. What are you ready to do? Um, I don't know what to do, but if I can do something, I'll do it. Sure. First thing is you call up your mother, and you have a nice conversation with your mother gently. You tell her, can we please come down, can we please discuss some issues? And you have your father there, and maybe if you got another brother and sister, they come down with you, and they go, Mother, this is what's important. And what happens if your mother says, I agree, it's important. I have a weakness doing this. Can you get involved? Can you maybe help me stock up the kitchen? What would happen if she would ask you to get involved? It means it's very easy when children like telling their parents what they feel they're lacking. Let me ask you, are you married? So the thing I should speak to my mother. Uh, Mr. Yeah, White. but gently, lovingly. And also start with a positive. What does she do well? Um... Can you but tell me what she does well? Yes, yeah, she she always gives a lot of things. She's very generous. She's very generous? Yeah. Excellent. And when you'll speak to your mother, you'll make a list of four or five points that are very strong, that she's good at. How do you think she'll feel? But you tell her, look, Ma, we need nutritious food. Yeah, but I don't think, because it's not relevant for me, because I don't live at home now. So it's only for my sister. So I don't know if... So let me I ask you, how do you expect anything to change if you're not going to get involved? I have an older sister that's married. Oh, so now you want your older sister to do the job for you. Yeah, because I don't know if she listened to me. Well, let's let's start something. The rule that I've learned in life is You want something to change? What are you going to do to get involved? Up until recently, until about two, three years ago, I heard almost all investments that people did, let's see if it was a real estate where people are going to be putting money together and someone was able to syndicate, put a deal together. Almost in each place, Maybe what has to happen is the person themselves had to put in money because people that invest inside want to feel that you have some skin in the game. Today, the last couple of years, just having great deals and people are investing anyhow. But up until that, people wanted to have that. I, it's very easy to say what your mother is not doing well. It's very easy to say others should tell mother. What are you going to do? So you said I should call and I should speak to her about it. Yeah. What but do you I think don't think she'll listen to it as far as I know her. Well, that's she the won't first change step. anything. And then you have another then you have another conversation with her. The second conversation? Yeah. You've had the first conversation. Oh. They have a second conversation. Mommy, I spoke to you two weeks ago. This still isn't normal supper. But she'll say, like, what's your business, what I'm doing at home? Well, very simple. I love my sister, and I felt this has to do with me as well. It might have affected me by not having that. Mr. White. Yeah? Let me ask you, are you married? No. Are you living out of the, of the house? 
Yeah, I'm in a dormitory in a shiva. Okay, so um, so you know uh, how many? Uh, this question that uh, this how many siblings you have? Two. So two sisters, right? Yeah. One is one yeah. is married and one is not married. Yes. And do you know that the else uh, position of your the younger sister or the you know the the one in the house? What the doctor said. If say? I know, if I know, uh, yeah, she has a lot. She she has problems reading and she's a lot behind in her learning. Okay. So so um, the things that like this, and I and I'm sure that uh, and you, uh, what about uh, the father? Your father is involved. No, it doesn't make sense. What? No, it's not involved. It's not, not involved at all. Not involved. So I I would I would say I would suggest to talk with your your mother and said, listen, mom. I, I know that you raised us and very, very nice, Kolakavod, very nice, you know. But, you know, I see my kids and I heard, I heard that a, a lot of uh, else issue is because mental nutrition. Because it's, you know, especially breathing, it's uh, very important to get uh, the, nutri the right nutrition. Maybe consult with, with the doctor or with, with a nutritionist. What can we help my sister, the young sister or your young... Um, your daughter to uh, to overcome this else else issue, because I know, for example, asthmatic and problem breathing is a lot. It's included with the with the with the nutrition and food, and beside this, beside this is a lot of the environment around it. If the house is a little bit dusty or neglect, some of this it's create a lot of of, of problem. Yeah. So, Again, I want to go back to the main theme. It is very normal for teenagers to see the parents' weaknesses. It is. One of the main steps that I sometimes tell teenagers are, let's focus on you and let's not focus on your parents. If you have an issue with your parent, bring up your issue. So if I would um, ask you, before you start telling your mother what to work with your daughter, first work the issues that you might have with her. Maybe she doesn't say I love you. Maybe she doesn't call enough. Maybe she's too generous. Maybe that. work First work on your issues with her. And most importantly that we tell teenagers is first work on your issues with yourself. Work on yourself first. It's very, teenagers is the age where you start seeing the whole world and you see the weaknesses of everyone and you are so clear what to tell them how they should do things different. And that is the sign of a teenager, where they feel the world is so black and white, it is so clear. The world is sometimes so corrupt or so lazy, but they don't, but you didn't experience everything and doing everything. So what do you mean? Well, what type of issues? Well, what's going on in what your life I... you can do more or better for yourself? For me or for my mother? You. Work out your issues with your mother. Your sister should be the last one to be discussed. If I have issues with my mother? Yes. Yeah, that was the second question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. So, Go ahead. I'm over 18 already, and every time I go out of the house, she asks me uh, millions of questions. Where are you going, and what are you going to do when you're coming back? She's that's involved normal. in my life. Yeah, she... that's normal. So she has a right to do it? She will Even do that until 120, Merit Hashem. 
There's no limit how much? Let's change your question. Does it bother you? Yes, so a lot. Is there a way that you can discuss it with her? So do you know what human interaction is, what social skills are, interactions are? Interactions means two different people. We have different ways of speaking, different positions in life. She's the mother position, you're the teenager position. And therefore, a lot of times, those roles clash. I was just talking over this weekend, on actually Sunday, with a someone that I'm acquainted with, that he has over 150 employees. And he told me he had to hire three or four HRs it's called human resources uh, people. And he explained to me as follows. Every employee feels that they should get more money, put in less time, and they will find a reason why they should get it. So he told me, just as an example, a friend, one of the employees came over to him and said, look, a friend of mine said he's looking for someone to work in this company, and he's willing to pay a starter person $5 more than you're paying me. So what this guy said, he says, that's what a higher human resource said. Listen, I'm the owner of the company. I deal with that. HR deals with hiring, firing, raises, issues inside. So this person goes to the human resource and says, I want a $5 raise because this and this person told me they're looking to hire. So what the human resource person told them is as follows. Can you get more information from that person? How many hours do they want that person to work? What position do they want them to be in? Yes, it's a starting position, but a starting position as a manager, which means you might have to be up a lot more later hours. You might have to be up 6 in the morning or 12 at night if there are difficulties. So, yes, they get paid more per hour, even as a starting job, but their role is very different than what you're doing. The next point is, is there insurance? Is not. So the HR was giving this person. So what this person was telling me is each one in their role looks at life from their position. The employee looks as to how much the employer, how much the boss is making off them. And it's a ripoff. The boss looks at it, how much the employee wants to get paid for nowhere close to the responsibility or the weight that the boss has to carry. And this old balance has gone on. We even have it in Pirkei Avos, that we have it down, that, that we have the Balabayas Doichek to work, to push, and the person doesn't want to. This is going back thousands of years. Now, your issue of a mother asking, where are you going, when are you going, is going back way before that. This is the most normal mother instinct. Where are you? Where are you going? The Bachar sees themselves as an individual. I'm already older. I'm away from yeshiva. I'm, I'm asleep away. When I come home, I don't answer to anyone in yeshiva or in the dorm, at least, where I'm there, where I'm going and how long I'll be back. This is the age-old issue, When this happens even when you're married. And the longer and the more you're out of it, the less or the more your mother will get used to that. However, it's still her role, and she'll still worry, and she'll still be concerned. And mothers will even worry most of the time even more than wives, just for you to be aware of that. It's not because your wife doesn't care. It's a different role. So do you, what are you hearing in my answer, in my reply? Hmm? No. 
right. So we lost Mr. Y. But this Hello. Is, yes. This yes, so you hear us? Sorry? Yeah, you 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 add what Rabbi say? Yes. Do you understand that this is normal? Yes. No, but uh, somebody told me that a normal house it doesn't go like this. When somebody's I don't 18, know. a normal house it does go that way. Especially if it's the oldest kid. A normal house where there are already five boys, the sixth boy, the mother says, big deal. I know with my son that we were once, it was like 11.30 or 12 o'clock, he wasn't home. We were expecting him, and we didn't know what happened. So I called up two other friends I know he went out with. They finished from yeshiva. So one of the mothers says, oh, I already have three boys. Whenever they come, they come. The other mother, the other father was concerned. It depends. What you call normal depends on what level, what age. How many kids there are, and as you said in your family, there are only three children. You and two other sisters, so it's very normal for you to be the only boy. Find out about every first boy what they went through. This is the most normal issue. All right, my friend, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Reminiscent, who do we go to next? Yes, we'll go to uh, Mrs. C. Mrs. C, welcome to yes. the program. You're on with yes. this Mordechai. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, can I ask my essay, my discussion in Ivrit, to Rabbi and he's going to explain for you? Go ahead, let's try. Okay, uh, Rabbi Nisim? Okay, yes. no problem, we'll yes. try. Yes, yes, shalom. אני כבר כמה שנים, אני כבר אלמנה, ויש לי ברוך השם משפחה גדולה שהתחתנו כולם. ברוך השם. כן, ברוך השם. אני קשה לי, בזמנים האחרונים, אני הייתי תמיד יותר מערכת הילדים, שהם יבואו אליי בשבתות, בחגים. אני מרגישה עכשיו שזה יותר קשה לי. ואני צריכה ללכת לילדים, ואני מאוד מאוד חושבת, יש קשה לעשות לי decision, איפה ללכת, בלי ללכת, ולחכות לאמא שאני אתארח לבד, או שאני אחכה שהם... מישהי יזמין אותך. כן, כן, אז זה דברים שאני חושבת יותר מדי. עם, למי זה נוח, אם הבן זה נוח, אם האימא או הכלה או האיידים או השנור mm-hmm. אז אני מאוד מאוד חושבת תמיד ואני עושה לי יותר מדי חשבונות או נגיד בערב אני לא אתקשר כי אני יודעת כולם באים מעבודה, מה, מהכולל וזה אז אני wow. לא רוצה להתקשר אז אני לא יודעת איך, מה, מה הדבר הנכון איך להתנהג במצב כזה וואו wow. So let's just repeat your question for everyone listening, those that didn't understand Hebrew. And that is that this woman is saying that she's an almana. She has married off all her children. And Baruch Hashem, for many, many years, she would have all the children and sons and son-in-laws and daughters and daughter-in-laws come to her house for Shabbos. But now she's getting older and she wants to go to them for Shabbos. And they want to have her. But she's not sure when to call or when to do it because she's thinking it might be too hard on the daughter-in-law, too hard on the son-in-law, too hard on her daughter, or too hard on her son. And she doesn't want to be a burden. And sometimes when she thinks about when will she call the person, should she call her son, let's say, at night? But it's after a day's work or after a day's learning. It's so hard. 
correct? Is that your question? Yes, yes. Excellent. So you don't need me, Mordechai. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Reb Nissen, what do you say to this? Uh, first of all, it's very natural. And, uh, now I'm on stage like this stage. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we have uh, my wife. I have my wife. But I, I know that it's very, uh, you know, when the kids coming to your house and basically it's it's a mapecha, you know, it's a, you know coming with all the grandchildren and stuff like this, and it's it's a burden for for it's it's happy occasion, but it's tough after the living you have to start cleaning and stuff like this. I've, you know, you have your peace of mind, and after yeah. all the kids living, you have you, this is something very nature, <laughs> and I yeah. tell you, very very nature. But also, the question like this is like, what is the relationship with, with your kids and stuff like this? Very, it seems like you have a very good relationship, uh, and I would say that, you know, just talk with with, with daughter, son, you know, and many times, many times, I know that my son, my children, what they're doing, for example, they they dial for the the grandchildren, and they tell, oh, talk with Saba and Sapta. Pick up the phone every Friday and uh, call the Saba and Sapta. I know that everybody busy. Oh, everyone is busy. These days is crazy. We're running all over uh, the places. Prepare Shabbat, uh, running, paying, all this stuff. So, but I would say that it's a good idea to come and connect yourself with the grandchildren. I don't know how old the, all the grandchildren, you know. But pick up the phone and say, you know what, uh, Sapta want to talk with Moshe. Moshe, how are we doing? What is in school? You know, even small chat, you know, just connect yourself and see and give a good word for the daughter-in-law or son-in-law, you know, how are we doing? What are we doing? What are you cooking? Shmuz, really shmuz, not obligate, not obligate, something like this. I believe that it will be accepted very nice. Yeah, I think I think that I, I think that pride is not helping to to keep peace in the family. You know, pride, gava, or the feel to feel like oh, why should I call them? It's not working. Don't you know what? Hello, uh, so uh, Sophia, you know, I know Sophia. What? Oh, Sarah. What? What is it? Are you busy right now? Can we talk about it? How is your children doing? What? Oh, Moshe was sick. What is it? What happened? You need some help. You can 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 I help you or something? Just try to some find a common conversation with them. Even they don't call. I know that it's it's all all of all of us as a nature. You know, some of some of our uh, children more talkative. Uh, some some children as more into themselves. You know, the same with the uh, with a daughter-in-law and son-in-law. You have some some law that more more cooperative or just feel more comfortable with you or some that a little bit different. Yeah. I, I would say they're trying to find it, and this is something that it's a, a, what do you call in in between the drops. Find find this. I think that you are you you're, you're a smart woman. You feel you feel your, your children and you can, your children-in-law uh, very well, and. Don't be ashamed. Don't be, you know, don't be, see, oh, they, I know that, I know I heard a lot of uh, grandparents that if they don't call me, I'm not going to call them. If they don't, it's a what, oh, I'm, I'm the older one. It's, it's not working. It's not working because it's, it's as to peace and to make for your children a peace uh, with their uh, uh, spouse. 
it's very important to be uh, and it's take me to the text that we send I send you Ramodechai about the the mother-in-law that basically neglect the daughter-in-law uh, what is you know and it's very it's very sad about it I know that my in my opinion no in my opinion, in my opinion no in my opinion you don't have to wait just call said I was there oh the kids just feel good thing are good or what the camp what camp they're going out you know because all of us are so busy and it's it's and late I think it will be start up a new line of no because really I feel that a parents as a parents and a parents-in-law we we do we busy. I'm telling you, busy. I barely speaking with my son. I tell you, and he's in Israel. I barely speak with. Him. I feel terrible about it. All you know, time, you know this. And I, I always tell my my wife, please call him, call him instead of me. Just apologize. I'm trying to put something together, but it's it's something that's very important to all of us to create this communication with with son-in-law and daughter-in-law, and. Uh, you know, showed, showed Let them me that also make a suggestion yes. to add on to what you're saying, Rebness, and, and that's also very much, it's going to sound a little babyish, but it works so well for everyone. Let's say, Baruch Hashem, or can I know you have five children, to almost make like a chart. This week I go to this child, next week to that one, because every week the unknown is very confusing. Sometimes you'd want to change it. So you could call this son. You know what? This week I'm going to go to this one because they're going away, or this child has this or that, or birthday. But then I'll go to you next week. So you can switch. But when everyone knows now the calendar, so it's once in five weeks, once in eight weeks, whatever it is, how it works out, because you might also want to be home, or you might want to have a friend or something, but the concept is that you know what it is, and maybe your children will have that week of Simcha, so it's flexible. It's a fluid. Fluid means things change as the situation comes along. But point number one is, just like kids, you have a chart, who does this and who does that, sure, and this week or for two weeks, one kid does it, then you switch it. The same thing is for Shabbosim. That's step one. Okay. Yeah, and everyone is at ease with that. Now, for you to do is a little bit uncomfortable. So if you have, let's say, a daughter, many times it's the girls that can arrange this more. So if you could have a daughter call up, say, you know, something else, speaking to mommy, and we need really a plan in our family. So I don't mind volunteering. You know, let's start a rotation, and we can always be flexible and move around it. If you ask for it and they say, no, this is hard, that's hard, it's hard for them to tell you no. But if it's a daughter or one of the other children or daughter-in-laws, then the system can be worked out. I should give the job for the for the kids that they should make. Yes. A... yes, tell them. Look, it's every Shabbos now, and we need a plan. And I'm embarrassed to ask. Say, can you guys have me? So, can one of the daughters or daughter-in-laws, or even sons? Some families it will be the son that can do that, and set up a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent That's idea. One. It yeah. sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank another you. plan is what Reb said. And this is, remember, children forget that situations change. means they know that you're an almana, and they feel bad for you, but they don't know what you need. If they would know, if you could have this daughter say, and you could say, Mommy told me this, 
tell every kid, or you tell every kid, listen, kids, I want you to call me every night just for five minutes, not even. Just five minutes. I just want to hear your voice. The girls could do it more. The boys will probably say, we'll try, or it's harder. But the boys, if they're aware that you need it, they yeah. will do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what about things? Uh, um, what about texting? Sure. Yeah. What? Texting or WhatsApp. I know that... My no, I don't have it. I don't okay. have these things. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how to text and I don't have... Uh... I think I think it would be very powerful tools to get up there. The, 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 I know that... Yeah, because there are a lot of pictures. Again, the pictures. only if the family has it. I, if it's I, the from family that doesn't have it, but the family has it, you get to see pictures of, of, cause of the grandchildren, of different stuff. It, it's, it's, it is enjoyable for those that have it. I'm not because we know there's always the hashkaf issue behind it. It's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I see, I see that um, I know that um, uh, we enjoy very much because we have the children in Israel also. So we enjoy very much this to see the, the, the video of the kids and stuff like this. It's, it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I would say, we're spo- we starting the, the, the show with about the teachers and Ramodechai mentioned about the research that. Uh, the twenty percent of the they told the teacher that the people are that kids are smarter, the IQ, and this is a reflect also in our daily routine. I'm saying that when you come in with a positive about your uh, children, about your children-in-law, that you know that oh they are very good and that's that, and you reflect it, you create a different atmosphere and. Try not to. I, I'm. I'm trying to myself. You know. It's. it's sometimes it's uh, they, they're not. Not easy. Uh, but uh, we are adults. You know. And we can. We can just go overcome that. Uh, you know. The pride. The gava. Oh. No, no, that's baru. No, no, it's, it's, it's excellent. But you know, it's it's a matter that you know. Yes, we want to be independent. 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 In, yeah. Independent. We are independent. We can do whatever. But still, we still the uh, phone calls from a grandson uh, or a granddaughter. I sapta mashlomech. How are you? And this is make your day, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, that's that's the point, and you know that's what I'm saying. I know that when I see my grandchildren, I, I'm I'm uh, enthusiastic, you know, you know, and said, "Oh, Mashlomchem, how are you?" And did all this stuff is mixing languages, all this stuff. But Baruch Hashem, it's it's give you something a lot a lot of happiness, and I think that the, the, the grandchildren especially feel it, yeah. and they will. Oh, Sapta, why you don't come to us? Sapta, come to next week for us. It will be, you know. And I would say a little bit to open the wallet and to get a small present, tiny. <laughs> it's I'm not joking. Yeah, it's helpful. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Thank you. thank you, and you're so brave for calling in. You okay. really are. Okay. Thank you so much. Good night. Mordechai, we lost Mr. Z. Uh, okay, but you you want to take the the text I sent you? Yeah, let's go take a couple of texts. So I'm just going to read a follow-up text where the person has sent me about the natures and about the water nature. So they read a couple times the books. They said, the water doesn't go for Shabbos to the mountains when invited by the in-laws because maybe it will be too hard for the in-laws. The fire nature says, we got invited, let's go. It's fun. 
But water nature is thinking if anyone will work hard because we joined them in the mountains, and this is just one of the examples, and hopefully you will not say this needs more one-on-one. It doesn't. This takes a normal couple to discuss, saying this is your nature, this is my nature. Throughout life, Meretz we're going to get invited to places, and when we get invited, I will choose to accept it, and you're going to choose to overthink it. And we need to start coming with how we're going to work together. You're right. And maybe I need to be more considerate if they just had a baby, even though they're inviting us. If they are going away a couple of days later, so even though they invited, to still be mental and say, well, even if you invited, but you know what, it's more polite or it's more being considerate if I don't go, which we know many times that's lacking in families where people feel they have to invite for certain reasons. And at the same time, your husband, water nature, also needs to learn the balance where when people invite, they mean it. And to say what you mean. Again, this is something that takes a marriage to work it out. We also, I also got another message with some of the teachers that you're saying. As a teacher, our principal gives us the class list the day before school, and she basically doesn't say any information about the students because, like that, we give each kid a chance. Yes, and there are some schools that they prepare the teacher because they feel that teachers should know in advance, and there are some schools that think the other way, that are going that maybe this kid has turned a leaf over the summer. Maybe they got older, they got more mature, and we don't need to judge them based on how they did last year. I'm just going to read one of the messages that was sent to me. Talking about your book, I was discussing with a friend the book, and I said that I found myself first fire, and a close second, which is both earth and wind. I continued that I didn't understand quite the water chapter, and also I didn't find my husband in any other chapter. She laughed. Ha ha, your husband is water. Maybe she's like me, even if she read it, didn't understand the chapter because it was, I was so low on water that I didn't even understand it. Thank you. And each of these makes sense, really, really do make sense. Yeah. Now let's go ahead and read the message that you've sent me, Rav Nissen. And sends for you messages. Yes, I'm thinking which one. So let's read the one with the mother-in-law. Yes. Is that one? Yeah, and about the, the follow about the girls at... Uh... Okay, let's see. I called the program a few weeks ago. I asked how to open up to a principal. You gave me some tips. Would like to thank you. Baruch Hashem, she arranged a therapist for me. I go to her weekly, and the changes are thanks to you, two exclamation marks. Thank you so much. I don't know where I would be standing now if I did not open up to her. Thank you so much again, Hashem. should bless you with all your haslacha, for all that you do. Amen. Let's recognize what this message is. This message is someone that called up and shared they're having a difficulty at home. Who could they open up to? What can they do? And we suggest that they've got to open up to at least the principal. Open up to someone in the school. They have they have guidance counselors. They've got therapists. The schools today have a lot of resources. And most of the time teenagers say it's impossible. It won't happen. We can't. But the answer is it really does happen. And Baruch Hashem, thank you so much for sharing the feedback that you're going and it worked out. Beautiful. Here's another message. I called into the program a few weeks ago to ask how to open. Oh, this is the same one. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Here's the more controversial one. My mother-in-law is forever buying gifts for my husband and his family. 
Every birthday he has, every yuntiv, and when there's a simcha in the family, she'll buy him something and write a whole long, warm note. Never once, not even by mistake, will she get me anything or even give money so we can buy what we want. I am happy for my husband that he has such a loving parents, but I don't know why. I don't know why is really bothering me. Exclamation mark. Is she doing, is what she is doing normal, or is it my insecurity? P.S. When we got married, she would speak badly of me to my husband until a therapist got involved and put a stop to it. Can you please discuss normal, healthy relationships between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law? Thank you so much. Um, I don't think I need to discuss healthy and normal. I think it makes sense what's healthy and normal. I think this is very unhealthy and very normal. And I really think the issue is not with your mother-in-law, believe it. I think the issue is now with your husband. I wonder if your husband realizes, and he needs to probably speak to a Rav to get this psak, but the mitzvah kibbed of aim is very important, but there's a bigger mitzvah of taking care of your wife. It's shocking. People don't know that because everyone knows Kabbalah Sevecha Vesimecha. But there's a chiv. Once he gives that ksuba to his wife, and many issues come up that way with giving names, going to places, inviting people, not inviting people, where parents want one thing and a spouse wants another. And again, please don't take my word for it. Please don't. Speak to a rub. This is olive base. This is olive base. Next step to be aware, and what we do in couples work is, where a husband's sort of got to have that conversation with his mother and say, Ma, how are you going to work things out with my wife? Because she's my wife. She will be the mother to my children. Not she will be. Hopefully she is. And you're doing this, getting gifts, ignoring my wife, not getting her anything is affecting me and is bothering me. Or at least it bothers my wife, which means it bothers me. Now, this will be an open conversation between you and your husband first. What's your place? Does it make sense for someone? Let me ask your husband this, this type of question. Let's say he's doing business, and someone will only do business with, his, with the partner, will never speak to your husband, and whenever your husband calls, they'll hang up on your husband. Even though your husband makes money off it because there is a partner and the other partner has got the account, how would your husband feel if every time he calls, that person hangs up? It will bother your husband, even though he's making money. Now, a couple, a spouse, where you feel there's a mother-in-law, where it's normal to want to belong to a family, and to have like your husband even value someone that despises you, that doesn't like you, and then that gifts, and then have those gifts around the house, Imagine you could tell your husband, you can get all the gifts that you'd like from your mother, but you can't bring it into the house because the house is part of my domain too. And seeing someone that doesn't like me reminds me of them. No, can't come in the house. Just, I just want to put in perspective for your husband to see what you're feeling. I'm not telling you to do this. In couples work, we first are giving an understanding to the other person. Your husband might not realize why you're feeling it. In fact, the way you're writing, you don't even realize why you're feeling that. And it makes a lot of sense. Someone that doesn't like you, someone that is speaking bad about you or stopped speaking bad about you because they were generally forced to, but now has items in your house. Would you want that? I know I wouldn't. 
If there's someone that doesn't like me, would I want a beautiful picture of them right in my dining room? If I know someone doesn't like me and someone buys my wife a great gift and my wife walks around with that gift, how do you think you'll feel? Your feelings are normal and appropriate. The next step is work it out with your spouse. Listen, I'm curious if it was just my thoughts because I would feel the way. If you had a partner and you're doing business and you're making money off another account, but that person hates you, and if you, by any chance you pick up the phone, they'll hang up on you. Or they'll completely ignore you. I, I, first of, would, yes, I, I want huh? to say that about this text, that first of all, I, I would say to this, Kolakavot to this lady that's writing, and she's thinking that she's somehow, some, uh, it's, it's from your mother-in-law is wrong. It's totally wrong. And as you said, it's, it's, it's not acceptable. I would say that a good conversation with the husband uh, and talk about it, Take it from your chest and talk about it. What would you think about it? And I tell you what I learned from my mother, uh, uh, rest in peace. She, she would tell you, you know what? Uh, in the minute she got, you got, uh, got a, let's say that you got a present from the in-laws, from, you know, that uh, go tell your husband, here, take this, buy to yourself a present, tell, buy yourself to your present and tell your husband to give it to you in front is mother. There's appreciation, you know, and I would say that, uh, I would say that uh, the husband, tell your husband, you know, mom, I giving a present to my wife now in, in behalf of your name. I think it could be that it break the ice. Yeah, you yeah, understand what I'm saying? That's a nice idea. So you're talking about how to make shalom. Yes. I would say I would yeah. say that the husband would come to to to, your, to the wife and said, you know, I I, I brought you some present from my, my mother. This is it's a, it's you know some people not so blind to the situation around it, but I would say if I if it was in my case, uh, Hashem not, but I I would go to my to the store to close store buy something to my wife, and said this is from my mother to you. Mm-hmm. And. I, I would say that, and I said, "Oh, Ima, I gave a present to my wife from uh, from you." I think that the mother, the mother-in-law, will think twice next time. Wow, beautiful! It's, it's you know, we we are sometimes we're blind. We don't see that the other the other people feeling, you know, or just like this. This mother-in-law, I, I would say, I wouldn't, I would say that she's not the smartest person. Yes. Uh, if she wants, also if, we don't know both sides. We yeah, don't know if the daughter-in-law no. did anything. There's always two sides to everything. Correct. We don't know what happened at the wedding. Maybe there were other stuff going on finances. Maybe the daughter-in-law said something. Yeah, but it's well, already. She didn't say anything. Maybe the other one heard something that she didn't hear or say. It's it's all. It, but it's already done. Deal. She had married. Build, yeah. build a life together. Doesn't matter, you know, because it's your son, it's your daughter-in-law. It will be you if you have grandchildren. You cannot, you know. Then one day, one day, this mother will say, "You see, this grandmother is the, she doesn't like me. You know, she is not like us. She only yeah. like your father." What kind of feeling that the grandchild can can be feel about it? Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. Wow, it's 9.20. <laughs>
Mr. Z left us. So just okay. Okay, Mordechai, we will conclude the show. Have a wonderful evening. Great. I want to thank all the callers that have called in, appreciated a schus and an honor. Thank you very much, and all the best. Yes. Hatzlacha. Be well.